Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 30 of The Almost Christian Discovered by Matthew Mead. The Dangers of Being an Almost Christian Number one, it is dangerous to be almost a Christian in that this stills and serves to quiet conscience. Now it is very dangerous to quiet conscience with anything but the blood of Christ. It is bad being at peace till Christ speak peace. Nothing can truly pacify conscience less than that which pacifies God, and that is the blood of the Lord Christ. Now, the almost Christian quiets conscience, but not with the blood of Christ. It is not a peace flowing from Christ's propitiation, but a peace rising from a formal profession. Not a peace of Christ's giving, but a peace of his own making. He silences and bridles conscience with a form of godliness and so makes it give way to an undoing, soul-destroying peace. He rocks it asleep in the cradle of duties, and then it is a thousand to one. It never awakens more till death or judgment. Ah, my brethren, it is better to have conscience never quiet than quieted any way but by the blood of sprinkling. A good conscience, unquiet, is the greatest affliction to saints, and an evil conscience, quiet, is the greatest judgment to sinners. Number two, it is dangerous to be almost a Christian in respect of the unpardonable sin, the sin that the scripture said can never be forgiven, neither in this world nor in the world to come. I mean the sin against the Holy Ghost. Now, only such are capable of sinning that sin as are but almost Christians. A true believer cannot. The work of grace in his heart, that seed of Christ which abides in him, secures him against it. The profane, ignorant, open sinner cannot. Though he lives daily and hourly in sin, yet he cannot commit this sin, for it must be from an enlightened mind. Every sinner, under the gospel especially, Sins, sadly, against the Holy Ghost, against the strivings and motions of the Spirit. He resists the Holy Ghost, but yet this is not the sin against the Holy Ghost. Ingredients of the sin against the Holy Ghost. There must be three ingredients to make up that sin. First, it must be willful. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. Second, 
it must be against light and conviction. After we have received the knowledge of the truth. Third, it must be in resolved malice. Now you shall find all these ingredients in the sin of the Pharisees, Matthew twelve twenty two. Christ heals one who was possessed with a devil, a great work which all the people wondered at, verse 23. But what did the Pharisees say? See verse 24. This fellow casteth out devils by the prince of devils. Now, that this was the sin against the Holy Ghost is clear, for it was both willful and malicious and against clear convictions. They could not but see that he was the Son of God and that this work was a peculiar work of the Spirit of God in him, yet they say, he worked by the devil. Whereupon Christ charged them with this sin against the Holy Ghost, verses 31 through 33. Compare this with Mark 3, 28 through 30. Now, the Pharisees were a sort of great professors, whence I gather this conclusion, that it is the professor of religion that is the subject of this sin, not the open carnal sinner, not the true believer, but the formal professor, not the sinner, for he has neither light nor grace, therefore the formal professor, for he has light, but no grace. Here, then, is the great danger of being almost a Christian. He is liable to this dreadful, unpardonable sin. Being but almost a Christian subjects us to apostasy. He who gets no good by walking in the ways of God will quickly leave them and walk no more in them. This I gather from Hosea 14.9. Who is wise, and he shall understand these things? Prudent, and he shall know them? For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them, but the transgressors shall fall therein. The just shall walk in them. He whose heart is renewed and made right with God shall keep close to God in his ways but the transgressors shall fall therein. The word in the Hebrew is peshangim, from a word that signifies to prevaricate, so that we may read the words thus, The ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them, but he that prevaricates, that is a hypocrite, in the ways of God shall fall therein. An unsound heart will never hold out long in the ways of God. He was a burning and shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in that light. For a season, for an hour, a short space, and then they left him. It is a notable question Job puts concerning the hypocrite. Will he delight himself in the Almighty? Will he always call upon God? He may do much, but these two things he cannot do. He cannot make God his delight. 
He cannot persevere in duties at all times and in all conditions. He will be an apostate at last. The scab of hypocrisy usually breaks out in the plague sore of apostasy. Conversion ground is standing ground. It is terra firma, but a graceless profession of religion is a slippery and falling ground. Julian the apostate was first Julian the professor. I know it is possible that a believer may fall, yet he rises again. The everlasting arms are underneath. But when the hypocrite falls, who shall help him up? Solomon said, Woe to him that is alone when he falls. That is, without interest in Christ, why woe to him? For he hath none to help him up. If Jesus Christ does not recover him, who can? David fell and was restored, for he had one to help him up. But Judas fell and perished, for he was alone. Number three, being but almost a Christian provokes God to bring dreadful spiritual judgments upon a man. Barrenness is a spiritual judgment. Now this provokes God to give us up to barrenness. When Christ found the fig tree that had leaves but no fruit, he pronounced the curse of barrenness upon it. Never fruit go on thee more. And so Ezekiel 47.11, the miry places thereof and the marshy places thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. A spirit of delusion is a sad judgment. Why, this is the judgment. He receives the truth, but not in the love of it. Because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved for this cause, God shall send them strong delusions. To lose either salt, light, or sight, either ordinances or eyes, is a great spiritual judgment. Why, this is the almost Christian's judgment. He receives the truth, but not in the love of it. Because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusions. To lose either light or sight, either ordinances or eyes, is a great spiritual judgment. Why, this is the almost Christian's judgment. He who does not profit under the means provokes God to take away either light or sight, either the ordinances from before his eyes or else to blind his eyes under the ordinances. To have a hard heart is a dreadful judgment, and there is no hypocrite but has a hard heart. My brethren, it is a dreadful thing for God to give a man up to spiritual judgments. Now, this being almost a Christian 
provokes God to give a man up to spiritual judgments. Surely, therefore, it is a very dangerous thing to be almost a Christian. This concludes episode 30 of The Almost Christian Discovered by Matthew Mead.